Hey, everybody, and uh, welcome back to another episode of Indie Film Cafe. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody, and we are back in a season six. Holy Ooh. crap, still. So we did one episode, uh, Paul, me, and uh, uh, Joe Turek, we did an episode, and now we're back here with James L. Edwards. How are you doing, James? Well, hello there. How are you guys? Yay. Good. And we got Paul A. Presenza here. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing moveless. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh we uh we're so excited to have you back james because uh last uh episode that we all did together like this was uh miami connection and mm-hmm. i i don't think it it was what you i i guess you weren't really too keen on the movie itself i i still hold that i completely understand its cult status it just wasn't for me it, right. it's just i'm gonna chalk it up for the same reason that i for, for some reason, never got into Scarface or uh, Indiana Jones or anything like that. It just didn't, didn't, uh, I can appreciate people's love for it. I just, it's not for me. Right. There you go. Um, but we are going to hear, we're going to talk about a, uh, I think it was 1991. 90, um, uh, actually 1990. 1990. 1990. Okay. It was close. You know, um, 1990 film Twisted Justice. Uh, done by the great, great trauma filmmaker David Hevner, who's we'll, we'll get into his uh, what, what he's doing now, uh, later <laughs> and yeah. uh, uh, and all that stuff. But before then, we gotta listen to some mood music. <laughs> And we are back. Um, so we all watched separately. Uh, was a Twisted Justice, and Paul had seen it like separately because, like, I gave him a copy, and I sent James a copy just in case, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. And so, James, what I had actually seen this a long time ago. I had didn't finish it. I uh, and that's <laughs> kind of one of the things I, I wanted to point out is, um, you know, I had a much different appreciation for it now than when i saw it back in the early 90s and i don't even think i don't think i made it halfway through the first time i tried to watch it really yeah uh what about you james had you ever seen it before i not only had not seen it before i was only familiar with david hebner's work in name only i i I realize now that i missed out on a lot because I'm not in any way, shape, or form going to say that Twisted Justice was good, but it was definitely entertaining, oh, which yeah. which kind of surprised me. It was one of those where um, I'm definitely because of this uh, because of this episode, I will definitely be seeking out other uh, David Hefner uh, uh, productions. So and- I was okay. So what really wanted made me want to do this is uh, there's a movie called Scrotal Vengeance that mm-hmm. uh chris uh siever did right. and debbie or sean holds a poster of david uh hevner and calls him david hevner because she didn't know his name nobody knew his name right mm. and everything so for the longest time i called him david hevner i called know. him that too right <laughs> and then i watched one of his uh i guess one of his videos uh now and they were interviewing him and they said you know please welcome david hevner and i was like oh okay his his name's got heaven and it okay i get it now you know like and especially with what he does he's now like a uh 
I guess he's a, a, a devout Christian, maybe mm-hmm. televangelist kind of guy, uh, which we'll, we'll probably get into later. Right. Um, but this is the far from it. So he's like more, I guess now he's more reformed, you know, because. I was going to say most of his movies are far from it, at least the early stuff in the early 90s or 80s, early 90s. Exactly. Up in the 2000s, as I recall. Yep. Um, so, okay, James, you said you really enjoyed this movie. What what made you really like, what got you into it? Honestly, I, it was like watching a really beautiful train wreck. <laughs> it, it was like, there's so many things in it that is like, for one, and again, far be it for me to ever shit talk anybody, but the fact that David Hefner had kind of set himself up, and apparently this was an ongoing trend with him, as this like dime store Mel Gibson kind of uh, kind of actor is fascinating to me because he, he just I, I, I'm a big I, the thing that worked for me about this film was I'm a cameo guy I love the you can give me the shittiest movie in the world and if you pack it full of cameos I'm gonna find something about it that I dig and yeah this did so yeah that's were, one of my favorite things is Zombiegeddon Mm-hmm. And that's got like a shit ton of B movie cameos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I mean, love it absolutely. Imagine trying to watch Zombie Geddon with with nobody that nobody you recognize in it. It'd be painful <laughs> as hell, right? But yeah. because of the foresight of having all of these, um, in some cases, pseudo celebrities involved in it, all, all of a sudden it just it just ups the game. Uh, well, can you give us a list of some of the cameos? Well, and again, I use the word cameo very, uh, very sparingly. <laughs> like the only real cameo in this, oddly enough, had um, what was it? Uh, had second billing was Karen Black. It was pretty obvious that she uh, they had her for one day, even to the point where, God forbid, I ruin a major plot point in this. But even when we discover what happened to her, the body double they have her. It's painfully obvious this woman's like early 20s uh, are you saying um, that wasn't karen black believe it that was not, i apologize but that was not karen black's <laughs> dumper that you got to see in twisted justice it was oh. not i know I, I hate to ruin the illusion but but that was not well, damn it but, no, uh, now my day has been ruined <laughs> but no i mean you've got you've got eric estrada you've got uh, jim brown who i absolutely love who sadly is completely wasted in this movie there's no reason to, yeah. to even have his character <laughs> i know him and um, the other guy just searching the whole time pretty much right. the, the, you, you know like for the gun you know which yeah. i mean it comes back later you know like it has a point but like it's like come on like, give this them is, something to do you i know, know. It's like, it basically it's like they took <laughs> they took a look at the script and said well shit we've got eric estrada give him all the dialogue just just have him do something I mean, but but you've also got Shannon Tweed and a very, uh, it's one of those where I get what they were trying to accomplish, but it didn't make any sense because. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it it was supposed to be her voice, like her voice sounds like a guy. Right. But but that's the thing. It barely sounded like a guy. Yeah. It it basically sounded like, you remember in um, uh, This is the End when, um, oh God, what's his name from. Oh, Jonah uh, Hill. Jonah Hill is uh, is uh, uh, possessed. Yeah, that's what the voice sounded like. <laughs> it does like, sound like that. You know, when he's like, "Oh, what did he say in that movie?" He goes, uh, "You know, oh, you, uh, you know, uh, the power of Christ compels you. Oh, it compels me, huh? Does it really compel I got, me?" 
Yeah, I got news for you. It's not so compelling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually one of my, that was the best scene in the whole movie. Though, like, oh, yeah. Like that, I mean, that part. I mean, we oh. even got Don Stroud in there. So, I mean, there's a lot of people in oh, this. Don Stroud, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, but a lot of people that are in there are just highly underused because, in my opinion, of a really lacking screen blag. So, yeah, yeah well, I, I kind of agree with that. But what are you going to say, Paul? For me, you know, I remember trying to see this in the early 90s. I don't remember exactly when. It was just one of a weary parade of lethal weapon wannabes that I had seen at the time. And let's face it, even though the movie is a lot of fun, it's also dumb as a box of rocks. And <laughs> at the time, I just did not have room in my life for yet another dumb lethal weapon wannabe You're right. now seeing it years later with all this time i'm like oh yeah this 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 is dumb but it's a lot of fun and i like the way what they did and i like how they they went for it i'm just gonna go ahead and forgive the ridiculous storyline and dumb stuff that didn't really need to happen it you know it's still entertaining it's an entertaining b movie that does what it's supposed to do right as a B movie you know what i mean so mm -hmm. it's okay no. Now that being said, Paul, are you were you familiar with David uh, other David Hebner films, or for that matter, were you Jonathan? I yeah, I, I was familiar with a couple of them. Twisted Fate was mm -hmm. one of the ones. Um, uh, let's see, he was also in a few uh, other films from other folks, like he was in um, uh, Guns of El Chupacabra. So of course, you know, I I I love anything. Um, Scott Shaw. Yeah. It's, mm. it's, uh, Scott Shaw and um, and Donald G. Jackson do. Um, so that's kind of where I knew him initially. But I also know he did a few other things. Um, oh, uh, uh, what's the one that um, oh, Angel Blade, which he did later on. And um, mm -hmm. uh, I think Outlaw Force I had seen. I think that was his first film. So I, I was familiar with him, but there's a pile of his movies that I haven't seen yet. Um, I just, uh, this one is one that I had seen at least half of. Right. I was just like, eh, you know. No, no <laughs> I had uh, heard of him. I mean, once again, I had heard of uh, him through, uh, what is it, the through Squirtle Vengeance and stuff. But uh, later, I actually owned one of his movies because I think DJ Perry was in it or something, I, or, or had like a small part in it. But it was called Outlaw Prophet. You know, and then uh, when I was on my I'm going to buy Twisted Justice uh, thing, I went on eBay or uh, Amazon or something and I bought um, uh, Raging Cajun as well. So I had to I had to get a couple of his flicks and I, I plan to do more, you know, for future seasons of Indie Film Cafe because, you know, they're now of they're the ones you, fun. Uh, of the ones that, uh, that you guys have seen. I mean, were they pretty much on par with Twisted Justice? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, he's kind of like your typical um, uh, '80s era action kind of flick that you'd see in a in a VHS store, you know, like a Ma and Pa store. And the other one I forgot to mention um, was uh, uh, um, Prime Target with Jenny Lee Harrison, one of one of my 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 crushes from back in the day. Um, so yeah, I, I was familiar with some of his work, just, 
you know, it's, it's just such a giant pile of movies that even even back in the early 90s when I was grabbing all kinds of movies by the handfuls out of video stores, I still never got around to seeing all of his stuff. And right. I didn't really see any of the later stuff that he's done. So, yeah, I mean, he kind of stopped after a while and just started doing the religious stuff. So um, he's been concentrating on that. Like if you uh, if you look at his uh, was a YouTube channel, he has a YouTube channel, everybody. Uh, it is like David Hevner something profit. Um, oh dear. Uh, yeah, it is last evangelist, you know? So yeah, he is now crossed on over to that side. So, um, I would be surprised like if he does a, a lot more money in it for him. Probably. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> like so the, I mean, looking at his IMDB, it looks like upwards of 2020, he was still doing schlocky um uh what was it uh, uh b movies so i what I, I have to wonder if that maybe um uh maybe uh, uh kind of uh caused problems with his uh, uh his uh his religious beliefs as well because i mean yeah, he's got stuff good. like like diary of a lunatic and uh uh, Drac von Stroller's horrifying tales of the dead anthology. <laughs> I mean, like... I never, I never understood why you couldn't be. I mean, I, I'm not a person of faith. I'm an atheist, but I never understood mm. why you couldn't be, you know, a believer in all that. But also, separately, do your own thing as an artist, whether it's music or a writer or movies or whatever. Um, I mean, One doesn't necessarily have to do the other, you know. That's true. I, I'm a Christian and I do horror films, you know, mm. but I don't I don't push my faith onto people. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a matter of that. To me, that's a matter of your choice, you know. Right. And I think when you call yourself the last evangelist, you know, you're probably taking on a pretty, pretty serious moniker of uh, faith right there. Right. You well, know? Plus, you're also <laughs> calling yourself out to the fact that you're not part of the, any of the mainstream religious mm. groups either, because they're not going to, yeah. Yeah, they're not going to allow you to do those films. No, no. <laughs> well, no, they're not going to allow you to call yourself something like that. Right, right. Well, that's, and that's the thing. I mean, I know, like, I, growing up, I remember there was a, um, uh, a religious uh, call-in show, uh, Bob Larson, and he would go on forever. I mean, he, I'm, I'm sure it was sensationalism, but he would go on about where kids would call in saying, oh, yeah, I, I, I saw the new Nightmare on Elm Street film, and I love it. He's like, well, you're going to hell. If, you, if you, that's your thing, you're going to hell. So I have to assume that at some point, some of his followers or whatever have to be like, well, wait a minute, I, I saw Twisted Justice, and I'm supposed to follow this guy. It's like, uh yeah, right. it's just it's just like everything else, though. I mean, there's so many different variations and flavors of religion out there. Some of them are going to have a problem with that sort of thing. Others are not going to care. I mean, you know, I grew up as a Catholic, even though I didn't really believe in it. And right. none of them would have given a two hoots whether you go out and make a movie with all kinds of horror elements or not. It doesn't really, nobody really cares. But the nudity other, might. Well, not, not even that, I don't think. But there are other kinds of religions out there that are like, you know, dancing is evil and rock and roll music right. is evil and, you know, eating potato chips is evil. And, We've seen yeah. horror films with that, isn't it? Yeah, like, where the yeah. people like, you know, act like that. That's like everything you do is evil if you don't do, if you don't give your life to, 
you know, your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you know. Um, but I want to get back to this thing because we were talking earlier about um, the fact that this is a lethal weapon kind of movie, you know, and mm. this is lethal weapon if they didn't have, uh, uh, what is it, uh, Murtaugh. You know? Murtaugh. Right. He's both Griggs and Murtaugh. Right. <laughs> this, this is lethal weapon if they didn't have Murtaugh, a budget, or uh, a good script. They could have had so... Jim Brown be Murtaugh. Right. Well, that's, that's what I mean. He's completely wasted in this film. I love Jim Brown. I am a tremendous Jim Brown fan. And to see him slumming in this, like literally, it's, it almost feels like he happened to wander onto the set. And it's like, holy shit, it's Jim Brown. Hey, put this, uh, put this futuristic cop uniform on. He's like, well, what am I supposed to say? He's like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, Especially yeah. because Jim Brown is associated with a lot of action stuff. And right. He do any kind of action. <laughs> He, he tears apart a house looking for a gun. That's yeah, kind of thankless, you know. I mean, you could have yeah. stuck anybody on there, but All right. you know, there's no. money in the name. So I know yeah. that's so sad, though, and it's sad that Jim Brown just like said, "Sure, okay, I'll do this." Right, little thankless role, you know. Like, you know, he's he probably turned something down in order to do this you know movie where he does nothing right you know i, I, I mean, mean i can't imagine him getting the script ahead of time and going oh wow i can really do something with this yeah, this, this is a, this, this is this is, meaty. This, yeah, is- no, this was just a stepping stone on his career nothing he's been doing a whole lot in the 90s and 2000s anyway but you know he's got plenty of other things going on and you're right it's all right so he was was it uh, uh david uh hevner's character is uh basically a uh uh you know, you were he be what was he called? Like the psych squad? Is that what they called yeah. it? Yeah, he's like you know, trained as a as a uh, police psychiatrist, but also a forensics expert. And I'm like, Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't think you combine the two. I'm a doctor yeah. and a lawyer and an astronaut. Oh, really? <laughs> that would be awesome though, you know, uh, if somebody were all those things, but no but you have to you have to remember too. He did this literally just a couple of years after being in both I'm going to get you Sokka and the running man. Mm. So it's like, you can't even really dispute the fact that it's like, Oh, well he needed the money. It's like, I don't know how he, I don't know how they cast him in this. I just, I don't. Yeah. I I don't. That's, that's a good question. If we ever get David Evner on our show, we got to ask him that question. How'd you get Jim Brown? You know, (laughs) I mean, the Lord works in mysterious ways. (laughs) That same year, he did the "I'm Gonna Get You Sucka" TV spinoff that didn't uh, didn't last. That Hammer Slammer and Slade. So right. again, he, oh, he God, wasn't I forgot all about that. <laughs> Jesus. So yeah. So Jim Brown's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll take it, even though <laughs> I don't need to. I have to assume. On the other that, hand, uh, that was yeah. probably one of the better Eric Estrada performances I've ever seen. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Well, they utilized him well. You know, they he said fuck. <laughs> was that was that what you were caught on? Me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's well. Funny. Doesn't it, does his character also, if I'm remembering this correctly, because again, Jonathan had sent me the movie, and I watched it the day I got it because I had I had a free moment. I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's check this out. And I talked to him. I'm like, oh, I, I watched the movie. He's like, oh, we're not doing the uh, the podcast until uh, I think it was like like six weeks later. Yeah. And I'm and old, like, so it's like I, I don't I barely remember what I what I had for, for lunch today, let I alone it's like what I watched that. So it, am I remembering correctly to where Eric Estrada's dialogue 
was very um I, there was a lot not necessarily slurs but a lot of references to him being mexican through the whole thing there are a few yeah i think so yeah yeah, yeah. he um, was definitely that that pissed off sergeant police sergeant you know yelling at the <laughs> the, the cop who won't follow the rules that right typical dynamic ah, thing. but he and he does he follow orders some, he would throw in some some mexican stuff and then david even would be like I don't understand Spanish, sir. Sorry. <laughs> but he but he sure had those donuts as a, yeah, as a the donuts. they were small though. That's the thing that was like, what don't 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 they have big size donuts in LA? Come on. They were they were not very appetizing looking donuts for like showing, hey, you did good. Here's a donut, you know. You know like Krispy Kremes. There's a... Well, you know, it's called budget. You know, mm, yeah. this movie didn't really have that big of the the, the budget went to Jim Brown, right? Getting him for a day or two. Black for a day. The budget Karen. went to that and the unnecessary car explosion. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, in trauma, you have to have a car explosion. Right. And because just... I mean, even though this was come out in 1990, this this movie was 1980s all over. Oh, mm-hmm. big time! Yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely. The hairstyles and the music and everything, and it, it just felt, felt like right Samurai Cop meets Lethal Weapon. Right. You right. know, right, right. and that's exactly <laughs> that's how I would describe it because it was very Samurai Cop. You know, like, oh yeah, I'm 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 this guy that can't basically be beat, you know. But I definitely got Samurai Cop vibes watching it. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, which I mean I like Samurai Cop a little better, but mm-hmm. um I think that's just because it's sillier and right, you know, right. it doesn't take itself too seriously. This well, takes yeah. itself a little bit too seriously, this, this I think. It does take itself a little too seriously, but at the same time, you know, stuff actually works and makes sense, and the right. production for its low budget is actually well done. And I, I had forgotten this was a trauma movie. And in a way, I'm like, oh yeah, this is. I remember a day when trauma actually had movies that actually weren't, you know, you, you could see them and they weren't, you know, ridiculous cheap garbage. Right. <laughs> well, now that you actually bring up a good point, Paul, because one thing that I discovered by revisiting, or not revisiting this, but but with Jonathan introducing me to this was I'm apparently, uh, I have to assume that I'm apparently a huge format snob because I'm watching this and the quality of the film was so incredibly bad. Not the, not the, the film making itself, but as far as the transfer and everything. So I'm here, I'm sitting here thinking, well, it's just, this is DVD. I, I get it. It's no big deal. And so out of curiosity, last night, I put on my Blu-ray of Bloodsucking Freaks, also from Trauma. Oh, God. And I'm like, oh, you well, put a, like a Blu-ray on? Yeah, I put a blue a Trauma Blu-ray on. I'm like, this looks like shit. Is, uh, this looks like shit, too. So it's like, obviously, it's not necessarily the transfer. It's that nobody, nobody at Trauma apparently knows how to do a proper uh, digital transfer. No. Well, they, I mean, watching, watching Twisted Justice, it was fun. But at the same token, it was like viewing it through a dirty pantyhose. Yeah, so, it's, they're not going to spend a lot of money on the transfer. That's for sure. Right. It's a pan and scan, probably. Well, mm. no, um, they're uh, okay. So we we got uh, Tromeo and well, I got Tromeo and Juliet, and we watched it uh, the first season of uh, uh, Indie Film Cafe, and the transfer is terrible. It looks just right. like the DVD. Um, so they just they don't care. But the thing is. Um, Lloyd loves everything looking like it originally was. He's not mm. into 
you know, fixing things up and making it look better. You know, like if you look at the Troma logo, it hasn't changed since the 1980s. Right. You know, now, so he, he's not going to do that. Question, I have to question that, too, because it's like, does Lloyd love that or is he cheap? Does he just not oh. want to spend the money to? Yeah. I don't I know. No, that's again, a good question. I mean, I'm not down in the guy. That shit's expensive. But what I'm saying is, is it a matter of, oh, I like to present these. It's like, well, if that's the case, don't hype up in your intro and on the box digitally remastered. It's like, well, no, no that no, it's really not. You know? I, I, I carry you and I know exactly where you're coming from. And I think probably money has a lot to do with it. And a matter of fact, if 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 Lloyd was to do this is just my opinion, but if Lloyd were mm-hmm. to do that with any movie, it would probably be Toxic Avenger, and that would be like the one, right? Spend the money on or maybe Sergeant Kabuki Man, you know, mm-hmm. or something like maybe. that. Well, maybe. but that's the thing. You, I mean, you have to look at what Vinegar Syndrome does with a lot of the trauma property that they acquire. Those films look fucking stunning. Those mm-hmm. look films look absolutely amazing. Things like blood. I mean, things that they they really don't have any right looking as good as they do. Things like Beware Children at Play, um, uh, Blood Hook. Uh, Ooh, well, the- Blood Hook was I, the Blood Hook I saw was a Blu-ray from Vinegar Syndrome, which Vinegar mm-hmm. Syndrome does take movies from Trauma and rematches them, make, actually makes them look and good. That's right. Probably well, that's the what other I'm saying. Why yeah. he doesn't do it is because he doesn't have to. Yeah. Right. Somebody else can uh, somebody else can come in and take it. I would like to see maybe Vinegar Syndrome could take a take this off their hands, re- digitally remaster it, give some commentary or something, you know, right. and have some fun with it. But sadly, I don't. I just don't see this or any of David's yeah. movies being something Plus, that they're seeking you know, out. He's he's old school too, and he's probably also going to say, you know, do I put money into this when? You know, next week there's going to be 8K, and then the week after right. that, 16K, and the week after that, you can't live like K. that because then you're just never going to do anything. Well, right, you'll right. never catch up to to technology. It's going to keep changing, and therefore you don't have to because you've already made the movie. Right. right. Oh, exactly. Well, and that's the thing too. I mean, realistically, it's one of those things where. I understand not wanting to dump the money into it, but in this day and age with the price of these discs, there's no reason not to. I, I mean, I, I know I was very disappointed last night when knowing what I paid for my blood sucking freaks, Blu-ray taking a look at it and going, Oh, okay. Well, that's what I did. It's like, okay, so I could, I bought this, but I could have probably eventually waited a year or so for Vinegar Center to do a decent job and maybe pay an extra five bucks for that. You know. And then right. there's the other argument, you know, how much, how many people think that physical media is here to, is going to stick around? Right. And everything's going to streaming, and the streaming really doesn't really matter if it's blue, you know, 4K or not. Right. I love how we're talking more about everything else, but the movie, <laughs> you know, well, like, I mean, come on, the the plot is not the movie's strong point. There's yeah, I was gonna say dumb uh, shit that happens, but it no is fun. Reason. Like it did have some fun, fun scenes. I mean, uh, I, I did like the killer guy. Um, mm-hmm. The you know, I, I felt like he was. Uh, it, it was it was so funny how like the one there's like one guy that got struck by the oh the the first guy the first. Uh, guy that uh that david met up with uh on top of the tower yeah uh it took him a while before that those two uh uh things like hit him you know or whatever and like made him fall down 
And so I thought that's how it was going to be with this guy. Like it wasn't, it was going to take him a while and he was tough. Evil chemist. That dude like dropped like a sack of potatoes pretty quickly. And I was like, okay. (laughs) I'm trying to remember. It wasn't uh, the guy who played the evil chemist. Wasn't he from something as well? I'm trying to remember who that was. Um, probably. Let I me recognized him, him, but I I can't for the life of me place what I knew him from. Or we I, call him evil chemist, but don't remember what his actual name was in it. Um, see. but uh, if I saw it, I would. It's not Steelmore. That's yeah. Steelmore and Morris were the. Yeah, Steelmore was the the uh, the main villain, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He was the main uh, <laughs> villain. So there's the uh, Kelsey and Morris were the two cops. Right. Luther Pontelli was Don Stroud. Right. Um, Mr. Tremaine was Don Scribner. Was that the guy's name? I'll be Remember? honest. I don't know. I, I have no clue. I don't recall. No, no, mm-hmm. no. Because that was Mr. and Mrs. Tremaine. Mm-hmm. But I will say that as a as a villain, he was dumb enough to leave a freaking witness behind who could describe him, and not only describe him, but say exactly how you know these murders were were, were happening. Right. Able to connect him, and I'm like, what the fuck? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? <laughs> now I don't know if you guys noticed this or not, but the one scene that's completely out of left field where uh, uh, Hefner's character leaves Eric Estrada's office and kisses the secretary for no apparent reason. No reason. You know that was Tanya Ro- uh, Tanya Roberts, right? Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. Did not realize that, no. I, I, I only realized it while I was going through the ending credits. I'm like, holy shit, I, what a, another thankless, <laughs> thankless role. Nice. Did, you, did you work with Tanya? I did not, no. I was a huge fan, but never got the opportunity to work with her. Aw. Okay, I thought I thought you have for some reason or another, but um, I know she's been in a lot of like um, you know B movies. So I was I was actually at one time supposed to work with Eric Estrada, but that that fell through unfortunately. Uh, oh shit, that sucks. Would have yeah. loved to have done that. But yeah, it's but then when they have their fight in the in the uh, the I guess underneath the house in the mm-hmm. the, the crawl space, which is a weird right. place to fight and. <laughs> They're they're fighting and then they they just happen to knock over the acid and then the the ring the evidence just happens right. to fly right into it. It's like oh come on! What an unfortunate series of events. No, oh dear, that's troubling for me. Now we have to let him go. Right. But now allows him to go off and do more killing and yeah, it's just it's it's dumb. But the thing is, is that they make it they make it fun and even though I was kind of on the fence about this, his character, because his character on the one hand annoys me because it's that whole, you know, Oh, right wing cop fantasy thing. There are these dumb left wing people who think that you can just coddle criminals. And now nobody has a gun, which is ridiculous. That's not going to happen. And and now the world's gone to hell because of that. On the other hand, he's also an Oakland Raiders fan, eats donuts and has a pet rat. So I kind of like that too. You didn't. uh, Oh yeah. Was he sleeping in his tub? Yeah. Yeah. And again, no, no rationale for that whatsoever. It's like, we're just supposed to accept. I think he was doing it because the the other two cops were in there tearing his shit up every day. Oh, okay. See, I didn't catch that. I just assumed it was like, 
Yeah, you know, once he's off duty, he's such a hard drinker, he falls asleep in the tub, kind of thing. You well, know? Remember, he says he doesn't drink alcohol. He, you know, he, you know, so yeah, no, I think it's yeah. because he's, he's, his shit's getting thrown around every morning. Yeah, that's a good reason. I didn't even think about that, but that's 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 good. That's good. Um, he, it was just like I was like, wait, when I saw him at the tub, I was like, is that a a bed that looks like a tub? Or is that remember, a he, like- he, he gets out and he goes back into the room, and they're already out there throwing his stuff around. So yeah, yeah, he's so annoyed. But and he even offers him coffee or something, you know, or whatever. Just you know, he's just so nice to them, even though they're right. They're you know and. Now, uh, here's the thing, though, when when the real police, you know, get a search warrant, it's generally for that day for that right. place. If you're going to keep going back every single day, you have to get another warrant. At least that's the way my feeling or my understanding. Of I the think law I is. think they did have that because he did. Didn't he ask twice if he had Are you, do you guys got a warrant again? Like, well, you, know? you have to keep in mind, this was the future. Maybe in the future they took away their guns and basically said hey we get you a search warrant forever yeah, my, my point is you're not, not going to find too many judges out there who are going to say oh yeah keep bothering this guy over and over and over right uh you get one shot buddy find that gun or or you're done the right. future 2020 uh-huh yeah, yeah where where nowadays <laughs> i mean it, it does sort of it's sort of funny because now there's like the defund police stuff and right you know this is sort of like defunding the police and giving taking well, away their guns <laughs> except the idea of defund the police now is to just take away their tanks and machine guns and shit they right. don't freaking need as opposed to taking away all of their guns which would be ridiculous right. yeah that would be well i mean what's the how can you protect and serve if so they have these little tranquilizer guns that are supposed to work and of course therein lies the whole plot device in that we have the, the the evil chemist who is making this drug so that the tranquilizers conveniently don't work, you know. So right, you know, yeah, getting around all that, and of course, it still doesn't matter because you still got these guys out there running around with guns anyway. And I love how he fights the evil thugs, and they're all like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. we're so evil, we have to laugh." They're like they're like Joker henchmen. Right. It's just like uh. So Jonathan, are you uh, basically insinuating that David Hefner was the Nostradamus of our time and and foretold the whole defund the police thing? Maybe a little bit. I, I think he, you know, because I mean, I I if you were living, you know, in the nineties, you're probably thinking that at some point or another in the future, you know, there's going to be a problem with police you know right. right like police are are not gonna because even back in the 90s police weren't looked well upon you know mm. we watched uh we watched a great movie uh that paul picked for um, film freaks prince of the city and that oh, was yeah. about how uh the, the you know the police were um had had to like you know do everything they could in the se- uh, 70s just to you know just to make ends meet you know and everything so i i sort of get it like they were heading toward that maybe thing and they thought maybe by the year 2020 the cops would because that was what 30 years you know like well remember remember the movie that this is aping though uh this was the time when it was the whole cop who won't obey the rules mm -hmm. kind of thing so right and you know he's he's murtock without being extra crazy you know or not murtock without being extra crazy griggs right um, he's a little tamed a he's little. eccentric griggs but he's not crazy Griggs. yeah right. 
But now, see, that being said, now that now that uh, uh, we've watched a movie that's fun, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna give it its dues, but not a great movie. Not a mm-hmm. not a great movie in the sense of it being no. a late '80s, early '90s action film. For no. you guys, what were some of your favorite uh, action films that this movie was aping for that time? I mean, obviously, the first comes to mind is Die Hard. <laughs> you know, right. Um, uh, Lethal Weapon was obviously mm. the biggest influence on it. Um, I don't know. I never really, you know, I didn't watch many of them in the 80s. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I know. I mean, there was movies like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really know that much that because I was trying to think of like other action movies, but like, uh, well, you know, not I, a lot I of movies. I personally preferred more of the anti-hero stuff that um you ended up getting with john carpenter so like your right. skins and you know that sort of a thing I, I at the time which is the other reason why when i first watched this i was a whole lot less interested in it than i was now right um, so yeah um and there were a few others that uh you know like shannon tweed or kathy shower would end up doing later on from the female point of view where they were going off and doing all that robo woman or something robo <laughs> maybe not, ro- maybe not robo check robo check <laughs> yeah well, actually chick. paul now that you bring that up maybe you can help me with this i'm sure it's a, i mean literally it's an imdb search away but you're a wealth of information so i'm gonna hit you with it oh. there was a shannon tweed movie that literally was almost a direct 100 ripoff of die hard where Shannon Tweed is basically the McLean character, and Andrew Dice Clay is the Andrew, or I'm sorry, the Alan Rickman character, and Roddy Piper is the uh, um, uh, the uh, Alexander Goodenough character, and the whole idea is rather than taking over Nakatomi Plaza, the bad guys have decided to take a beauty pageant hostage in order for a ransom. <laughs> As and you the- do. It's and it's fucking just a phenomenal. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, Robert Dabby's in it too. Um, I'm trying to think who else, but but it's and I, I found it online. It's called No Contest. No Contest. That's what it is. Okay, yeah. Have you guys seen that one? No, but that sounds amazing, and I want to see. We it need to do way. that on a future episode because it's yes. so much fun. Yeah, that sounds fun. I mean, uh, for me, as far as the '80s stuff goes, that that this movie is kind of aping. I was always, I mean, the two that I can bring up that were unconventional that I just thought were a lot of fun were Tango and Cash, which I absolutely mm-hmm. loved. And shockingly enough, around that the same time that this was made, uh, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Oh, so, with Andrew Dice Clay, yeah. Yeah, which I absolutely, again, I, I love both of those movies. So, but I could definitely see, now granted, uh, this definitely has a more like running man future futuristic approach to it, but I could definitely <laughs> see... Uh, see those type of films being aped we gotta we gotta we gotta do it sometime because it's on it's like free on freebie which is like imdb uh you know free uh site so like yeah let's do that for season seven yeah i I think the other one that i was gonna bring up was the the fred ward movie that i loved uh the um remo williams oh yeah so much fun yeah yeah that that's kind of more along the lines that i really liked as well so yeah, this is. I mean, well, this was a lot of fun uh, compared to like, I was like, I was actually expecting it to be trash because I hadn't Same seen here. it. You know, I mean, it's got some trash to it. There's it definitely has some stink to it, but 
there's enough fun and um for a low budget b movie like i said they did a really 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 good job i'm guessing by the time twisted justice was made david Hevener pretty much had a pretty good idea how to make and produce a film like this to make it do that the way he wants it done and to keep it under budget and i'm sure that's why tromo really liked working with them so you know it's like we'll let you do all the action stuff because this seems to be right up your alley right you know so you know and like i said this was much better produced for its budget than many others of its time and of its ilk so right surprising yeah, yeah, I mean, there's an explosion. There was a car chases. You know, do um, we know roughly what the budget was for this movie? I can look it up and see if it has a thing on IMDb. You know, I they lie know. though, but oh yeah, really, yeah. you might not really get the real uh, thing. But um, I mean, to put things into perspective, I know this movie was made about a year bef- a year after uh, we did Robot Ninja. And we had looked, we had, were given a list when we, when we got Burt Ward uh, for that film, we were given a list of actors within the, the budget range that we were allowed to get for a cameo. And Eric Estrada was on that list. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't want to be, I don't, don't want to be sued here, but uh, if I'm not mistaken, around that time, he was working for about $1,500 a day. Uh-huh. So if that's the case, I mean, that's incredibly affordable for someone oh, yeah. like Eric Estrada. So, um, yeah, wow. what's he doing now? Is he still I, making stuff? I mean, I have, I have, I saw him. What was it? Show up in some Chupacabra movie, like maybe six or seven years ago. Yeah, yeah, I've got that one. But I haven't really seen him do much since. Oh, he's got to be getting up. Is he, he doing something? Uh, yeah, he was in Cobra Kai. Oh, I didn't know that. That's he was cool. in the new season, the newest season, uh, second episode of the fifth season. That's How crazy. Old is he now? Uh, he played Molina. I don't remember that guy. Hmm. I'm gonna have to check that out. He must have. Was that? Were they still in Mexico back then? He might have played one of the Mexican guys hmm. in it or whatever, which is funny considering this movie. Yeah. Right. Oh, um, and that's that's the other thing I wanted to point out about that David Hevener's uh, movies. The other reason why I, I had heard of it or knew about him before, um, it's pointed out on the Wikipedia page about him is that a lot of his movies aired on HBO. Uh, and and USA and so that's oh wow I remember those movies when they when they kind of came out back then so yeah <laughs> yeah there's I, I mean I remember USA had some great stuff like Up All Night and right. oh, uh, yeah. and whatnot so I bet this this had to have shown up on one of those I things think, back yeah. then because there was only like that one you know not even five minute you know nude scene. Where I mean that could easily have gone away and nobody would have you know nobody would have cared it wouldn't have mattered. You're so. talking about the the prostitute at the beginning right. that's with the killer, yeah. Right, right. Well, and don't actually, forget, uh, don't forget uh, Karen Black's butt double. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a so there was a uh, what is it a copy of this on YouTube for free, mm-hmm. and it did take away the nudity and yeah. stuff. So it took away like a, the whole scene of the chick talking to uh, to the bad guy. You know, while he was photographing her, like with blood right. and everything, so it it was, you know, I don't know. It was it was interesting uh, that they would do that, but I guess I mean nudity gets flagged real 
probably pretty quick. Or, or right. not. I mean, there's plenty of nudity on, on YouTube. It doesn't oh, really yeah. matter. But do you ever notice about the other thing about our wonderful chemist? He also apparently knows how to massage because he gets in to kill that one chick. He shows up with a massage like uniform and he's got a table. Those things are not cheap or easy to find, by the way. Right. I think I, I figured he killed the person who was supposed to go and he you know said everything you know like he stole all of, like we don't see that no but i don't i don't think he's that. i don't think he's a massagist on the side you know that's mm. the problem he's and he's well he seemed to like know it and she was perfectly okay he's like oh you've got wonderful hands you know if you don't know how to help a massage right we're gonna know come on you know hey guys he's, um I, i've got to take care of my dog real quick i don't know why she's screaming but you guys no, talk, you're fine. okay okay yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's just that's just part of the stinky movie magic is we're just gonna nod and wink and just say, okay, yeah, he know he he just happens to have the the massage table and he just happens to have the uniform and he just happens to know how to massage somebody realistically enough to put them off guard long enough right. to kill someone. We're just gonna nod and wink and let that go. You know, uh, it's like uh, it's like uh, what was it Johnny Depp's line in Ed Wood? He's like, well, "Have you ever heard of uh, suspension of disbelief?" That's right. <laughs> like uh, just. Re- I mean, like I said, not to take anything away from this film, this was a fun movie. It, right. it was not. It was not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination. But I was never bored. You know? No, right. not at all. Right, I, I was annoyed, but I wasn't bored. Right, uh, right. Like I said, I back in the day, I, I I disliked this a lot more. I don't like I said the first time I tried to see this, I didn't even finish it because there were just so many other movies like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of me, like I said, didn't really care for Tuck You, um, but right. he had enough qualities about him that I, I, you know, by the end of the film, I was kind of rooting for him a little bit, and it, I was okay with it. Yeah, I, I I do love the fact when he finally meets Shannon Tweed, it's yeah. like it's supposed to be this big reveal, and it's like no, this was never the only person that believed that this was a dude was you, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and here's my thing: is why was her voice done like that to begin with? What yeah, was what the was point? the what was the deal with that? That just didn't uh, <laughs> because the plot demanded it. This yeah, I think it was one of those why. where it's like. Here's a really great idea that I've written. It's like, well, it's a funny, it's a funny ending, you know. Right. It's it's one of those endings where you know the guy gets the girl, you know, or right. whatever. And so the whole time he doesn't know it's a it's a hot, it's fucking Shannon Tweed, you right. know, or Shannon Tweed not taking her top off or whatever, right, right. you know, like <laughs> she she probably got paid less than she normally. Yeah, would I was gonna just say to the budget did not allow a nude scene with Shannon Tweed, so it's like, well. You know, she she can act. Just throw her in there. You know, she was good. I liked her. Yeah, I, like she was she was funny. Um, you know, I, I thought it was cute. I guess, mm. but it was it was you know it was silly. You know, right. so I don't know. This movie is going to be hard to do the stinkometer for, because right. in my opinion, because you're right. Like this is a fun movie, but it's it's not. It's a dumb movie. It's dumb it's, as a box of rocks. It's dumb. It's- it's but, very disposable. It's something that I don't regret watching at all. I did enjoy myself watching it. Will I ever watch it again? Probably not. It'll, that would probably this, never this, happen. This is your low-budget popcorn film. Right. I mean, would I watch it by myself? Probably not. Would mm. I watch it with a bunch of friends who'd never seen it and I want to introduce them to David Hevner? Probably. 
You right. know, like this might be a great introduction to David Hebner, in my opinion, because hey, it, it it feels like Gedevin, but Gedevin was oh like, <laughs> you know, we, we watched that. Yeah. Have you ever seen that movie, James? Get I don't Evan? think I have. No. Get even. Oh, you get need even, to see that. You know, um, it's it, roughly the same time period, except there's a lot more country line crap, uh, <laughs> country line. crap going on. Is and, anybody in it? Um, no. Well, yeah. Um, oh, what's his face? Um, uh, the dude who is like an all uh, another guy who was in a bunch of eighties movies. I forget his name. Um, gosh. Uh, oh yeah. Um, uh, William Smith. Oh, no, okay. William and Smith, uh, Wings Wingshauser. Wingshauser. Wings <laughs> see, see, you're talking my language now. I'm a huge Wingshauser fan. So yeah, you would, you would like it. It's well, um, he's freaking drunk throughout the whole thing, man. So you yeah. just described Wingshauser in the '80s and '90s. So. Right, champagne and bullets is the other way that it's known. Yeah, but, right. you know, it was. Oh, it, okay. That see, it, that I have heard of. Okay, it's John DeHart, and very similar. He's, you know, the director, writer, producer. Right. You know, he, didn't, he didn't do the, I think he actually did some of the awful music. Um, but, unlike, but he was a, a lawyer, right? Right. Unlike um, <laughs> David Hevener, you know, he does not do any of those things well at all. Right. So that's the big difference is that David Hevener is talented enough and has enough of a budget that he could pull all of this off, even with a dumb, silly script. He still manages to make it fun, whereas John DeHart does not have those skills or the money, right. and it's just plain terrible, and it just comes off as a terrible ego trip. Um, <laughs> though he's got Wingshauser and he's got William Smith in there and some other folks. Well, um, you know, Neil Breen does this kind of, you know, right. like, you know, like very egocentric. But this David, David seemed like an actor first, and then he decided you know i could go make my own films and stuff. right right so well, i mean, I mean totally i can makes tell sense. you a year after he made twisted justice he did something called prime target and yes. i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to track that one down because he sings one two three four five six seven songs in the in the movie so it's what like, yeah, it's I a got, musical i don't yeah. know what i'm assuming not it's it looks like an action <laughs> film but it, He's listed as performer and writer on seven songs in the movie. Yeah, he, he does a lot of music and a lot of <laughs> songs and stuff in other films, too. But he, he, just to put the last thing, last point about um, Get Even and John DeHart, the other big difference of that, that Get Even does and a lot of those kind of egocentric uh, movies that just come once and that usually their character is more like a Mary Sue you know, they're always the strongest or the cleverest. They always beat right. somebody. They're always the guy. You know what I mean? In this one, he gets his butt kicked. He kind of makes mistakes. He, you know, yeah. He, he That's what I was thinking when I was watching it. Realistic person. Right, right. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this thing that I, uh, that prime target that I was bringing up. I've got to see this. It's got, it's got da uh, David Hebner as John Bloodstone. But it also uh -huh. stars Tony Curtis, Isaac Hayes, Robert Reed from the Brady Bunch, and Andrew Robinson and Don Stroud. Oh. So, 
What a I cast. gotta see this thing. Uh, it's, oh god, it, it's a ninety-nine cent purchase on Amazon. I know what I'm doing this evening. So, Wait, ninety-nine? No. Like okay, plus plus shipping or something? Or? No, no, it's uh, uh just for uh, uh for a Prime rental. Video. Oh, okay, yeah, for a rental. So okay, right. if you get the chance, he was in another Scott Shaw movie called Rock and Roll Cops Two. You got to check that one out too. Which way because because there were so many unanswered questions and Rock Robert and Roll Cops the One. Dar is in there, and <laughs> was it Brain is in there? What's it called again? Uh, Rock and Roll Cops 2, The Adventure Begins. Ah. Because the adventure didn't begin in the first one, did it? Right, right, right. So, and you see, that, that's that's where I kind of knew him from, was that he was in all of those those movies with Donald G. Jackson, or at least not all of them, but he was in a bunch of them, uh, and Scott Shaw. So, I'm totally, you know, I, my obsession with those guys. I'm totally buying the uh, uh, soon on eBay the Prime Target DVD. Yeah, I've got to. Yes. I've got to see. Yeah, so yeah. what's funny, um, uh, Paul, you had just mentioned Rock and Roll Cops Two: The Adventures Be- Adventure Begins. It looks like a buddy cop film, but from what I can tell, and I'm trying to make sure, uh, I don't want to speak out of turn here, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's Kevin Eastman who created the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, who's not an actor, <laughs> Robert Zadar, William Smith, and Julie Strain. Yeah, He's that... got some great cast in these things. Oh, yeah, so... and he plays a character named Bonzarelli. <laughs> <laughs> is, that who, uh, is that who David Hefner plays? Yeah. Oh, you know, and Samantha Phillips from Phantasm 2's in it yep, also. Samantha Phillips. Well, Scott Shaw worked a lot with like uh, um, Kevin Eastman's uh, former wife uh, Julie Strain, mm-hmm. I believe. So I think you know a lot. You know it's weird because like Hollywood at that time, in the nineties and you know, late eighties and everything, they all seem to like all know each other, and they oh, all right. kind of like you it know. Great. I'm I'm sad that it doesn't feel like that exists anymore. Like that that's not what independent films are like anymore. Because we were talking, Paul and I talked to Joe Estevez about uh, you know, we had him on our show. Right. We were chit-chatting him about working with Donald G. Jackson and stuff. And he said, like, Donald would just call him up and go, Hey, we're making a movie today. Do you want to come over? And he'd be like, yeah, sure. You know, and, and he had no idea what, because none of them was written. So they right. would just shoot things on the fly and, and everything like that. And that just drives me bonkers to know there were people who just did that, you know, like right. it just doesn't happen these days. You you right. can't call right. Joe Estevez up now and be like, hey, we're making a movie. Do you want to come? You know, right. like it just right. doesn't happen that way anymore. You yeah, know, that was, that was one of those wonderful magical periods that just don't just don't exist anymore that's why right. i want to make that stinkopedia man <laughs> but the other thing about uh the prime target is, is like i said jenny lee harrison who was one of my one of my many little obsessions back in the day she just has that face that i loved right um, she was in a whole bunch of uh 80s tv shows that mm-hmm. i just watched simply because she was in it um so yeah it's definitely a movie we have to check out uh on indie film cafe Oh, we got so many, man. I know. I, know. <laughs> I have a list that goes all the way to season 10. And I'm 
you know, I put it down there and then I change things anyway. You know, you know it's, not, it's never like a easily. I know, right. but we just can't. <laughs> like, I don't know if we'll have time to do a hundred of them, but uh, <laughs> you know, we'll try. Hey man, we, right. keep, we keep going another twelve years, and I'll retire, and then I'll have twenty four seven. I can just do nothing but movies and, and movie reviews. Oh, that'll be yeah. great. <laughs> you know, I'll be I'm down with that. Um, but yeah, uh, hopefully we can start getting paid for that because we already do the Patreon. So thank you all for our Patreon listeners and everything. Um, we love you guys. Uh, we still do our Patreon only, which we'll have James uh, coming up uh, for Patreon only. Um, I think in the the first uh, uh, first of the year, you know. But we'll we'll talk I'm, about that another time. I'm, oh, absolutely! I can't tell you how pleased that we're able to get. Uh, you on our show, James. It's just it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing because you know both of us were, were big Tempe fans. So you know just the the fact that you were involved in a lot of these movies back then and and getting to talk about some of these films, you know that's just a super big positive plus in my opinion. It's sincerely always a pleasure. I, I love coming on the show. I think you guys are a complete riot. I I, I love what you guys do. So. Thank you. You know, we're both just big horror nerds uh, or mm-hmm. nerds and film nerds, like period. Yeah. So collector nerds. Yeah, and right. I mean, I, I think it's weird because I've been. I was looking back at the movies that I picked for this season for season six. A lot of it's like drama or action, you know, films because we do horror all the time for other things anyway. You know, I, I like, I like more action and drama because there's just so many out there that nobody has heard of. And maybe this will be something, you know, we could be like red letter media where we just do the worst, or we could do things that actually are pretty decent that maybe people should go see, you know? And and that's the thing. Nice to have a mix of both. Right. I mean, realistically, I mean, you guys are a lot younger than me, but at the same token, it's one of those things where as I get older, I'm kind of realizing I'll always love, uh, have a love for horror, but at the same token, I I'm finding myself leaning more towards drama and comedy and action. I mean, the next movie we're doing isn't even a horror film. So I, I, I get it, you know, no. not, not, not to differ with you, sir, but I believe I'm older than you. I don't think you are. Are <laughs> What's up? I said I'm 56. You uh, okay? You got me. I'm gonna be 50 ah. this year. But you. But the important thing is, Paul, you don't look it. That's the. Oh, I know thing. very much. I know everybody asked me like, "How old is Paul?" And I, I didn't know. Now I know. So <laughs> <laughs> everybody always asks. I'm like uh, older than you probably it's, think. It's the cookies <laughs> and moo juice that keep me young. Hey, <laughs> well, you know, it's, that, it's not a bad thing. That yeah. being infantile. Right. <laughs> I can definitely tell you guys I'm young. I'm younger than both of you. So there you yeah, go. I'm well, the youngest of the group. So I am. I Which is so funny because I guess I discovered you, James, in I want to say 2003 or four, you know, mm-hmm. or something when I first watched Bloodletting for the first <laughs> time, you know, mm-hmm. and everything. And then that's when my tempe like, well, I just kept going down. You know, right. or whatever you know because after that i was like well this is a good one let me let me check out uh zombie cop yeah, yeah well i i apologize for that but uh <laughs> i'm just saying i'm saying like i was like oh well all the tip a movies must be fantastic yeah. and surprise they're not. <laughs> <laughs> but they were fun um uh, you know even zombie cop which it's not fun to watch people who are very pc by the way you no, know but it is uh it, it's a lot more fun in the sense of like 
you guys went out and you made a movie, you know, and I was excited about it. I always yeah. looked at that that time period of like the sh- the early shot on video cinema home video stuff, uh, like those six movies that we made during that time. I always look at it as an audience member as watching home movies of people you don't know. <laughs> so it's about as much fun as that. So <laughs> I don't know. It was fun to me, but. <laughs> We are uh, we are about at that time, so we are going to do the stinkometer. You remember the stinkometer, right, James? I do. Yes, I do. Okay, and uh, so Paul, explain to us the stinkometer. Well, the stinkometer is a, wa- a way in which we score our films, by which the lower the number, the less stink there is, and the higher the number, the stinkier the movie is. Now, that necessarily isn't a bad thing because we love our stinky movies around here. But the higher number means that the movie had a lot more problems, usually, um, and, and issues going for it. So if you thought the movie was really, really good, you might give it a one or a two. If you thought it was kind of meh, you might give it a five, five and a half, something like that. Um, and if you thought that it was just a big steaming cow flop, you might give it a nine or a ten. Uh, so, and then we add our three scores up from our three judges. And then total it up, and then we see where on the ladder of stink that movie appears, and if it, you know which the stinkiest movie of the season is. So we already started. Like I said, we started with a movie called A Better Place uh, with Joe Turk, and that got a really uh, low score. You mm-hmm. know, um, so it was a it was a pretty decent movie. I'm I'm interested to see where this goes. So um, James, do you want to start off? I would be happy to. I Again, my rating is going to be based on the fact that, again, make no mistake, this is not a good movie. It's not. But, it, is it, but it, was it an entertaining movie? Yes. Was it a fun movie? Yes. I, I, I was entertained the entire runtime. Um, I, I did have some problems with the movie, though, specifically the, uh, the waste of a very talented cast. <laughs> So I'm going to go out on a limb here and give this movie a solid, Yeah, you know what, I'm going to go with four. I'm going to go with four. All right. Actually, it's funny that you say that because I was going to give it a four as well. Because, mm. and I was like, I, I was actually uh, between originally four and six, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because I can't give it a five. It's not like meh and kind of whatever. Right, right. Um, but the only reason I would have gave it a six is because it's sort of got that little bit of it's got a little bit of stink to it but the right. thing is that that little bit of stink gets outweighed by the fun that it's, i have even it. the stink on this thing is kind of charming in a yeah sense. So yes. in yes. fact yes. it's funny that you say that because i was also debating between a four and a six and the only reason that i was considering going a six is what i discussed earlier that the the transfer on the film made it very difficult to get into mm-hmm. which which again that's why i actually went for, with a four because it's like if i'm having a positive response to something that looks like shit uh, that's all, that's a good sign right there exactly so. so what about you paul yeah well back in the day i probably would have given this a seven seven and a half but um it's just very different seeing this with you know 30 some years 40 whatever it is years later on and I had a lot more fun with it. So I this one was pretty solidly four and a half for me, pretty much for nice. me when yeah. I saw it. So, so 12 and a half score right there. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's pretty good. Um, so that's pretty good. 
I actually want to see what because we have a thing if people want to check it out. It's called the, the Ladder of Stink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Paul uh, Paul found this out. Uh, he put it up on as the, the movies uh, ascend to stinky heaven, and they get closer <laughs> and closer and closer, depending on their score. And right, yeah, that's that's the likes of uh, you know some of the stinkiest films are up in stinky heaven. You got to get a thirty for that. Now, yeah, out of but, curiosity, what's been the stinkiest movie you guys have ever reviewed? I would have to say Miss Werewolf. It's the only movie that got um, a 30 plus. Wow. Yeah. 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 Well, this ties with Polymorph. Oh, there wow. You go. That, okay. There you go. Perfect. Yeah, 12.5 for Polymorph as well. So well, interesting. I'm honored. Yes. <laughs> yeah, which well, we enjoyed. I mean, yeah, right. we did enjoy it. Uh, even we had our uh, resident uh, science expert, and even though she she did debunked a couple of science stuff or whatever, <laughs> uh, which happens all the time. You right. know, we can't. I mean, you can't talk to a NASA person without. Uh, she's a NASA injured. Can't talk mm-hmm. to somebody like that without her going. Okay, that that's that's not right. You know, right. or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, she uh, she really enjoyed it though, and that. Um, that make those make me happy when that happens, you know, right. especially when I pick it. Uh, mm. And now, you know, it ties with now, you know, which is a fun little Jeff Anderson, Kevin. I've Smith, seen it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Thing. So these, you know, I think that got a low, uh, higher rating in itself. It would have got a lower rating if they're a dog didn't die in it, mm. you know, cause we all, we were all sad about that. That was an yeah, unneeded yeah. comedy bit um but anyway this was yeah this was a fun one for us yeah to do. So I, I was very happy and i was happy that you enjoyed it james because i really did not know because i hadn't seen it <laughs> so i had no I had idea my- what you were gonna think what i was gonna think and what paul was gonna think and you know what the worst part is the first time i tried watching it i was tired and uh you know had was sat on my couch i was like i'm just gonna sit on my couch and watch the movie and i just passed out you know, or whatever. You just so, do it? Just, well, no, was it wasn't. It wasn't or? the fault of the movie or anything. It's literally just because I was just too tired. Right. Uh, when I watched it the second time, I made sure I was up in, uh, you know, upright position, and I wasn't, you know, basically laying down, you right. know, or whatever. And I watched it, and I was like, "This is, you know, this this movie is so much fun." Well, um, it, it kind of you know threw me for a little bit too because I started watching this. I got about 10, 15 minutes in, and I'm like. Man, I know I've seen this before. I remember mm-hmm. some of this. This really, I remember not liking this. Uh, I can see, I can see exactly <laughs> where this is going. But as it went on, it got better and better. And I was like, mm. okay, yeah, okay, I get it now. Yeah. yeah. Which made me happy too, because you know, right. we, we had a low score on the last one, which was also mine, and this one. So we started off the season pretty you know, low, but I'm sure Paul will uh, bring us back. And uh, well, we both have movies, put out movies that are both bad and good. But if you had to describe us, I would definitely say that Jonathan's more the good angel on the shoulder. And I'm more the right. I can see that. Definitely. (laughs) Now, out of curiosity, have you guys decided what the next film is going to be? I think Paul's got it uh, figured out. Um, Yes, I do. Do you want to? Do you want to say it or because well, we're doing interestingly enough, and I don't know, James. Did we? Did I ask you about this? If you're interested in doing it, we've got a um, thing where we're doing guests. Have the guests pick movies or whatever. No, but I'd love to be involved. Definitely. Yes. Okay. Because you've done the show enough now that you can kind of you can kind of get that. But uh, know what movies we're interested in. But yeah, we're trying to have four episodes per month. 
and mm-hmm. the third episode uh, would be a guest, you know, right? And yeah, stuff. just let and me let me know. I would love to be involved. Definitely. We'll definitely get you back here mm-hmm. uh, to do another one. Um, it, it will all we ask is that it's not by the same director or something that of of the same season, you Got know, it. that's already been done. So Fair sorry, enough. no prime target for this one, but right. you know, maybe next year, you know, maybe next year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this year, no, because uh, uh, so ne- this year you'd have to find something uh, and, and it would be, have to be something that everybody can, can easily watch, you know, right. something on TV or something. You don't have to go and, well, like, and that's, buy it. that's kind of been one of the things is a lot of my movies are, are ones that, um, I mean, although I'm, I'm slowly changing that, but they're mainly ones that I already have. So right. we'd have to get you over here to the studio, which wouldn't be a horrible thing. We'd love that. No, no, no. Weekend well, sometime. we have been doing a lot of zooms and that is when Paul does get, you know, once from Tubi, like we, la- uh, last season we had the last vampire, which, ugh. No, you know, the last vampire on earth or something. Like I don't the, know. The, the was... next, the next movie we're gonna do definitely is one that not only is it not out in DVD. I mean, you know, in, in you know physical media, but never made it past VHS. So mm-hmm. we have to actually hook up the VHS player right. just to play it, just to nice. watch it. I mean, so, I can tell you what it is, or you want to stay in suspense. It's up to you guys. Well, no, we'll 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 save it for after the podcast because yeah, we don't yeah. want to let I, people I'm know. I'm curious, but I don't. I want the audience to 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 wonder what the hell we're talking. About. <laughs> I know because we don't even Actually, we don't even tell anybody until we release these these podcasts. Well, that's, yeah, that's that's yeah. that's perfect because it, it keeps everybody curious. Well, I will it? say that it is just Jen, and I will say that um, I have a lot of makeup. To uh, after Miss Werewolf, I'm still sort of like kissing her behind in order to <laughs> so make sure she's coming back. <laughs> you asked what's like the worst, you know, the worst films that we've ever done. Miss right. Werewolf is one of them. <laughs> um, and I'm going to say most of them are Paul's. Like there were maybe a couple by me, but mm-hmm. like most of them oh, yeah. are Paul's. Um, and uh, what is the other one that uh, Actium Maximus is terrible? Um, mm-hmm. and that's also trauma. You know, um, and just just because like that was the first one of the second season, I could not could not <laughs> even like stay awake. I was how I many was, t- how many uh, t- or how many breaks did you have to take in between that one watching it? We didn't. We we suffered through the whole thing. Oh but, God! No. But yeah, then, and, and that's that's just it too. That's what makes us, I think, different than a lot of other programs. Is that you know we get together, uh, you know, unless it's a Tubi thing. But otherwise, right. in the studio, we get together, we watch the movie, and boom, we go right into the show. We don't take it like and write for like a week or a few days. Right. You know, this is all just right off the cuff. Usually, the only person um, who the guy person who introduces the movie is the one who does all the the background research and comes armed with notes and can talk about okay. all that. Whereas everybody else, usually, they don't know what the hell they're watching until two minutes before it goes on. Nice. Right. And and we like to do that also because we have no idea sometimes. Sometimes things so change. <laughs> so sometimes, like, if I said, oh, if Paul says we're going to do that, but then, like, just Jin can't show up to do mm-hmm. the podcast, we have to do something else. And right. then he'll, right. you, know, you know what I mean? So we don't like to announce the things ahead of time because you just, we don't know if something's going to, sometimes we've, uh, we, we've had issues where we couldn't find the movie or whatever right. too oh, you know God, yeah, so yeah, yeah we had that in the beginning for real mm-hmm. and um or in the case of a better place last year i couldn't uh i we could play it but it it didn't play very well it kept uh skipping. Oh, it kept freezing skipping. Up. Oh, yeah so 
we ended up just going with uh, the janitor last year instead, mm-hmm. which it's a lot of fun. Had some cameos and, mm-hmm. and different stuff in that. And I which liked is it. Why I'm going to be bringing a backup movie just in case we can't right. figure out and get the VHS fired up for this. Yeah, <laughs> we've had problems with the VHS hookup sometimes too. Mm-hmm. So you just never know. So anyway, <laughs> this is a situation where I actually wrote to the people who put it out there and said, is there any way this movie's ever going to come out in DVD or Blu-ray? And they wrote back and said, not at this time. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's sad because it, it does seem like a movie that would, and, and you know, it's not available anywhere else yeah. anywhere for any reason. It's, it's sad when, you know, distributors well, are like that, you know, well, then people better tune in next time to, to find out uh, there what you movie go. it is. Yeah. There and they know. might There's actually know what it fun. is. Right. It's a lot of fun too. So yeah. But uh thank you so much, James. What have you been up to? Um, I am just basically trying to finish up our uh revenge uh, uh horror thriller uh trivial, which will serve as my uh my third directorial effort. Nice. When do you and think you'll be finished with it? We curiosity. Have, we have run into some uh, uh some reshoot issues. Um, nothing. I mean, actually, I'm kind of glad that we did because uh, I, I think it'll give us the opportunity to really, really hammer home the ending. So my goal at this point now is to hopefully have this out uh, first quarter of next year. Cool. So uh, my original goal was I wanted it out in November. That's n- there's no way that's going to happen. And part of it was because this is the first time I've shot in 6K. And Ooh, we shot nice. in six. We we did a four camera setup with this, where because of the subject matter, um, the, the three of the cameras are 1080p because the the entire thing is supposed to be basically like a uh, a home, uh, basically like a low rent game show. So three of the cameras are 1080p, which are technically the studio cameras. The actual movie is shot on 6K. The problem with that is now I have four. Now I had four times the amount of footage to sift through to get the to get the takes that I wanted. So it was a very long process. So. Oh wow! Well, I'm glad. Uh, like I think because this won't be coming out till January. So, right. Okay. Well, know. hopefully, yeah. My goal is to have it out probably February or March at the latest. Um, in the meantime, I've also been. Uh, well, I've I've done a couple of acting gigs. I. Uh, what was it? I did an urban uh, thriller called um, The Beautiful Ones that I believe is coming out uh, at the end of the year. Nice. I did a co- I did a comedy western called um, uh, What was it? Big Trouble in Jackass Flats. Uh-huh, that sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, that sounds like fun. But uh, but yeah, I mean the the good news is I've been keeping busy, which I I can't complain. It, it, it beats flipping a burger. So. There you go. Yeah, keeping busy and doing what you love. You right. Know? Exactly. Exactly. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully everybody will see Trivial in the, the beginning of uh, uh, 2023, but uh, whenever, you know, whenever it comes out, that's the thing. I hate when people are like, when is this movie coming out? I'm like, when it comes out. Right, you know? exactly. My <laughs> days of, I'm horrible at meeting a deadline anyway, and the only person that puts the deadlines are myself. And it's like, why are you, I'm not going to, I'm obviously not going to rush through this just to meet some fictitious deadlines. It's like, right. it'll come out when it comes out. Um, yeah i mean i i think sometimes setting up deadlines is good because it gets your fire under your ass to mm. to get it done but you know but then when you don't meet that deadline you can't beat yourself up you gotta be like right. well, i'm just gonna push the deadline another month or two months or whatever how long i think it's gonna take you know i've been very fortunate that 
I've never had a situation where we, I mean, like Krista got delayed a good year and a half uh, past its original release date because we had a ton of issues with that. I've never had an issue where I've had people reach out or fans reach out going, where the, where the hell is this movie? You said it was coming out here. Everybody's very understanding. Every, I mean, sure. like I said, the only person that's ever severely disappointed by it is me. So. Yeah, we uh, we very much enjoyed Krista. By the way, I don't know if you if you got to hear our review. I did. Yeah, I, I I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, guys. I, oh, I'm yeah. glad you enjoyed no it. <laughs> yeah, problem. and so I I guess we can mention it because I I think about this time that's gonna we're gonna be doing it, but uh, we're gonna do a Patreon only for Brimstone Incorporated with you, James. So mm-hmm. hey. we're really excited about that, so that we can talk about it because. I can't really review the movie and you even said like getting somebody else and Paul and stuff. And I, I think it'd be more fun if we did it for Patreon only where we just talk to you about like, it's like right. a separate commentary track. Basically, I'd, I'd have a blast. Yeah. I'd absolutely love that. Just let yeah. me know when and let's do it. Let's do it. So we'll, we'll set that up, but we're, so expect, you know, some really fun Patreon only stuff and only for a dollar. That's what you there get. You so $1, you get a free podcast that you're not going to get here, you know, right. or whatever, that's which right. I, I think is amazing. And, and it, is, it is money well spent. Edwards, millions of fans will now that's join. Right. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I hope, I hope so, because that would mean that they'd have to listen to this whole you know, podcast to hear us talk about that. And then, right. you know, <laughs> we don't break it up and say, Hey, you know, uh, check out, uh, you know, you know, <laughs> like our Patreon only, you know, blah, 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 <laughs> and then go right back into the, you know, podcast. Like some people do, I think, right. you know, uh, probably better podcasters. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, we, we have fun with this. We enjoy doing the Patreon only because, yeah, it's it's an extra one, and it's our chance also to to review other films that we can't review on this podcast because some right. of them are too famous, and we just don't want to do them. Yeah, everybody they've else been done by other groups, Red Letter Media or Mystery Science Theater. Well, or the Red Letter Media is we do a lot anyway because you wow, know they've been they've been following us, man. Yeah, they did. We we did a uh, Blood Freak first. That's right. And they did that before them. Have you seen that movie, James? I sadly have not, and it's always. Oh been- my goodness, my goodness! I tell you what, you come for a weekend. I'll have nothing but crazy, weird, bizarre, fun movies. I've got. Let's. Uh, like I said, that sounds like an absolute blast. I'm down. Yeah, and then we'll get you on some TikToks with uh, Roman Harker. Yes. You know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I'm. I'm so looking forward to it. Yes. Right. Uh, well, thank you once again, James. This has been awesome. Uh, stick around, uh, chat with us, but uh, everybody else, thank you guys for listening. Uh, tune in. Uh, next week, we're going to do a uh, guest uh, Patreon, and then, then it's Paul's episode, so you'll find out what that is, and uh, Paul's got something really fun planned. I can't wait uh, for you guys to check that out, so thank you all for checking us out, and have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>